This is The Good Stuff. Let's get to know those who are doing the good stuff in our community. We'll chat with everyone from small business owners to local officials. Join us as we go around town to find the hidden gems. This is your host, Andy Tomlinson. Welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast. Well, welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast. I'm here with special guest, Laura Corcoran from Bishop Leger uh, Catholic School. Um, she's the currently the principal and has been, well, she wears every hat, I believe. Uh, probably one of the hardest working um, principals or persons in education uh, because, well, as, as I know, uh, as a parent in there, you see uh, what they do and uh, you, you have a limited budget or a more conservative budget and you work within your means. Um, so that gets me. It, Laura, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, tell me about yourself. How did you, how did you get into education? Well, uh, when I was five years old, I went to kindergarten and, <laughs> um, you know, I have loved, I loved school as a kid. Yeah. Um, and really from probably second grade on, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. It just was what, Wow. I, I don't know. I just, I always wanted to be a teacher and I can remember uh, fourth, fifth grade, um, the teachers, they would get sample books in to decide if they wanted to adopt textbooks and then the extra books from the samples they would give away or they'd have like little sales and you could get a teacher's edition for a dollar or something like that. And I, I would go in and buy teacher's editions and take them home. And in the basement of our house, um, my dad had put up a chalkboard for me. And so I put, that's what I did. I played school all the time, school and restaurant. Those were the only two things I ever played. Um, I have a younger brother and, uh, he, he had to be my student a lot. Uh, he was always in trouble cause he wouldn't do his spelling test for me. So, um, but so yeah, that was, it was all I ever wanted to do. And, uh, graduated from Amanda Clear Creek high school and went to Ohio university. And, you know, I, I did some public speaking and debate and f- for about a six month period, I kind of considered, uh, going into political or legal communication, was really close to a double major, but then I started doing my student teaching, Don't loved love. it. You know, I, I worked with, uh, Dr. George Wood, who, um, was in charge of the, uh, Institute for Democracy and Education at the time, which was, they created a special program for a small group of educators going through where we really focused on more student centered styles of teaching. And so they taught us using the teaching styles that they wanted us to learn. So uh, we had a lot of great experiences. We did our urban field in um, East Harlem in New York. Wow. Um, they had us in the classroom every quarter the whole time we were at OU. So I had a really, really great uh, foundational experience in education. So then once I graduated, uh, my first job was in Orville, Ohio. So Uh, Home of Smuckers? Home of Smuckers, yes. So in Orville, when you wake up in the morning, you smell what kind of jam they're making that day. So some days it smells like grape and strawberry or whatever. So I was there for a year, and then um, I decided to get married, moved back to the area, and 
uh, was offered a position at Chillicothe High School. I taught at Chillicothe for six years, journalism, yearbook, English okay. language arts. And um, then when I uh, became pregnant with my third child, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to stay home and, and uh, be mom for a while. And my plan was to stay home till all the kids started kindergarten, but then um, I started working part-time at Bishop Flaget doing PR and marketing. Uh, it was nice because I could do it late at night when the kids were, at, were asleep, um, did a lot of phone calls, talking to people about the school, emails, PR, advertising. And uh, then um, Ken Kessler, who was principal, passed away in the middle of the school year. And so at that point, um, Ken and I had been working very, very close together. So the pastors asked me to step in as interim, uh, principal. And I told him, I will, I will do this until you find someone else, but I never wanted to be a principal. It's not on my radar, not something I'm interested in, but what year was that? That was in 2008. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And we're in 2022, and you're still the principal. And, uh, yeah. So, anyway. So, so, things changed. Things changed. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I love Flaget. Yeah. Um, and uh, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the families I work with, the kids the kids that I have the opportunity to spend time with. and That's awesome. You, uh, I mean, a big tragedy happened, and you, you stepped up to the plate when uh, most people probably wouldn't. And... Uh, hadn't been in education for a bit, so that's... yeah, it was it was kind of it, it really was a kind of a sobering moment um, where you're like, I'll do this because you need me to, but yeah, um, and you know they always, you know, the one thing we teach kids at Flaget is about listening to God, listening for your calling, and uh, obviously God had plans for me that I had no idea about, but that yeah. was how He got me there. So. Wow, that's an awesome story. I, I didn't even know that. <laughs> so. A lot's probably changed since you started. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So when you started, were they? Was it always these tests that they were worried about? Has it always been like that? You know, testing has been pretty hardcore everywhere. I know the ninth grade proficiency was the first one they kind of hit hard with when I was at Chillicothe High School. Um, and then they've just slowly added more and more over the years. Do they still have the proficiency? It, you know, it's switched to the end of course exams. Now. Okay. So it's, there's still a lot of pressure on kids to, to meet these demands of testing and in very artificial situations. So that's one thing that I really like about Flaget is that we really don't have that, um, emphasis on the test. So we do use star testing um, and our students who uh, are on state scholarships are required to take some of the state tests. But we present those as opportunities for progress monitoring and really kind of talk to the kids about we're just checking to see where you are. And and that's how we use it. You know, we're looking at Try not, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. What's, where, where are you? What's your growth? And like, for example, with my students, you know, I tell them I'm, I'm testing myself here as much as you. So I'm looking at what do I still need to work on with you? And, um, so that's pretty much the, the main testing we do. We used to do the Terra Nova. We've kind of phased that out. And then, uh, do you do that new math? 
Um, <laughs> um, Singapore math or the uh, people call it common core math. We do have that as part of our curriculum because it is part of the state standards. Um, I feel like it's been lax though. Is that my, it, you know, it's starting to relax a little yeah. bit. And a lot of it is, I think also people are getting used to it. Um, because it, it's really creating a concrete vision of math before you move into the abstract. So, okay. um, you know, when I was a kid, two plus two is four. Right. That's the way you do it. You don't think about it. So now, you know, you're introducing like here's two boxes and there's two more boxes. So now you have four boxes. So it's really working to get kids to visualize it so that when they skip to the algorithm, that algorithm makes sense. Now, as Myself. a parent. Hmm. Right. And it's because we were taught, we had a math specialist, gosh, it's probably been about 10 years ago, who came in and went over the math style with us. And she, she told the parents that we were educated beyond our ability to do fourth grade math because we were so far ahead that we couldn't wrap our head around it sure. because we could do it. And we were doing the exact same processes, but doing them so quickly that we didn't even realize it. Now, as a non-math person, I like it because it has helped me personally to understand some things that as a kid, I just memorized it. You know, yeah. I just have to memorize this formula. I don't have to understand why I do it. I just have to memorize it. That was me. Yeah. So I was the queen of, I memorized the formulas, but I didn't know how to use them. So some of these things have helped me to say, oh, okay, I get what that whole formula is about now. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how many uh, priests and nuns have you had the pleasure of working with? Well, since I started, um, when I was first at Flaget, started working there, we had Father Hummer and Father Black. Yeah. And then Father Black moved up to Delaware and Father Hahn came in. And of course, Father Hahn and Father Hummer um, were both, Father Hahn was here for about 12 years, I Which believe. Which is a long and Father time. Father Hummer was 20. So um, until couple years ago, I mean, that was pretty much what I knew. So now um, we have Father uh, Father Hayes, who's the head of the consortium, and then uh, Father Stennett, who um, this is his first year out, so he's an associate. And then we also have uh, David Johnstone, who is a seminarian, who okay. is assigned to St. Peter's this year. So it's it's been great to have them. And then we also have the sisters who are um, staying at St. Peters and Sister Ruida, or Sister Ruthie, as the kids call her, she works with us as one of our preschool aides. Okay. So, um, not not as a teacher. Not as Back a teacher. Back in the day, you know, it was always the priest that would slap your hand with the oh, rulers. No, no, and no rulers, no, no hand slapping. Yeah, yeah. We, we've kind of outgrown that. So, the priests do mass two days a week, they do a class mass on Tuesday and an all school mass on Friday. And then Sister Ruthie is there to help out as a preschool aide. She actually, her background is in nursing. So yeah. it's kind of like a bonus that if we have a real issue, we've got Sister Ruthie there all the time. So once again, you, you're taking your resources and working with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, how does, how does one start at Bishop Leger? Well, um, what we usually do is try to schedule a meeting with me. I will give families a tour and I usually just like to sit down and just throw it out to ask me questions. What do you want to know about Bishop Flaget? Um, cause a lot of people have questions, you know, things, do you have to be Catholic? No, you don't have to be Catholic. No. Um, 
do you, you know, do you have to plan on being Catholic? No, you don't, you know. And so we go through a lot of that. We, we look at what the tuition costs are, uh, different opportunities for scholarships that are available. We have a lot of a lot of scholarships available through state programs right now, um, and also local tuition assistance. So we kind of sit down, talk through, you know, here's what our curriculum is. Here's what we do. Here's the opportunities that your child will have here. And, uh, just try to figure out if it's a good match for both the family and the school, and then move forward from there, hitting the application process. Right now we have applications available on our website okay and people can start with like an inquiry base so it's not like you know the minute you hit the button you're signing up but you have time to ask questions and and uh learn everything that you need to know to make a good informed decision of what's going to be best for your children and your family and like you said there are scholarships and there's different ways that people can pay and absolutely absolutely um can you tell me uh, some exciting things that are going to be coming to Bishop Flaget or, or are you going to be bringing uh, bingo back? <laughs> I mean, it's not exciting as a parent. But, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of, we kind of have bingo on a hold, on hold right now. Because of COVID. It, because of COVID. It's also very labor intensive. Yeah. So, and really it's something that we're, we're trying to decide. We did renew our bingo license. We're trying to decide if it's something that we want to continue because it really has been nice to have our gym available oh, I bet. on Friday afternoons yeah. or, you know, to be able to utilize for different purposes. Um, you know, as far as other things, we, uh, we just got, we've gotten, over $10,000 in uh, grant money oh, wow. in the last couple months for s- improvements to our STEM program. So we're kind of replenishing some of our supplies. We're looking at beefing up our uh, STEM classrooms. And then we're also um, looking to next year. Uh, changes staffing-wise, we have some retirements. Um, and and also looking down the road at the possibility of of possibly having a high school. So, wow. Uh, that, That's big news. That, that, that dream is out there. So, uh, we, and when did that stop? Was that in the eighties? 1986. 86. When they closed Bishop Flaget. So. Another question. When, when was the last time there was a Flaget dance? <laughs> well, the real Flaget dances, I'm not sure, but we did have kind of a throwback dance about three or four years ago. No, I'm but talking not about the real, real dance. The real. They, they were actually before my time, uh, like before I was down in this area, so I'm not 100% okay. sure. I think it might have been my last, in my life, you know, like I graduated in 95, and I think it was uh, right around then, you know, a couple years beforehand. I remember it was, uh, there was a big fight that happened. <laughs> And I was there, and uh, <laughs> they finally realized, ah, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, I've heard some stories. Heard yeah. some stories. Yeah. They're kind of famous uh, yeah. or infamous. Maybe. If, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a big time to go to a Flaget dance. I mean, it was everyone talked about it. Uh, and, they and, still do. They still do a lot of nostalgia because we've actually kind of joked around about we should bring back the Flaget dances. Yeah, uh, I fundraiser. actually talked to a, a friend the other day. Um, he graduated from Chilcothy and. He he was kind of in this bubble, and he said, "You know, I, I went to these Flaget dances, and I'm like, oh, there's other schools around here. <laughs> there's county schools. I didn't even know that. So, so yeah, kind of funny. Um, do you think you'll ever bring the uh, the festival back in the summer? 
Hard to tell. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... I know. Like, we we kind of kick around ideas, um, you know, and, and a lot of times it's, it's just a matter of... The hard part about the festival is there's a lot of planning that goes into is. it and a lot of... A lot of overhead, and so, and you get a bad weekend. Then you're done. You know? and that's what the the last festival we had. It rained the entire weekend, and so you've you've rented tents and tables and chairs and and uh, inflatables, and you have a lot of money invested yeah. before you even begin. Sure. So that's kind of where it gets. You know, you hate to hate you, to do that. You're gonna have. Are you gonna have faith that you're gonna have good weather <laughs> right. or? Uh, well, so. you're still going to have the fish fries, right? Absolutely. And yes. that starts... Uh, the first... I think it's the first Friday in March, because I think okay. Ash Wednesday... Um, is that like March 2nd, maybe? Mm -hmm. I believe. So the first... Yes, Ash Wednesday is March 2nd, so our first fish fry will be the 4th. And actually... On March 2nd, we are going to have a tomato soup and grilled cheese dinner oh, that wow. night. So for those people who are Dirt. abstaining on Ash Wednesday, yeah. but you're not looking for fish, hey, we've got grilled cheese and tomato soup. So and we're kind of excited about that. Will you still be... What Are you going to be using Flaget this year? Are you going to be using St. Mary's? We're going to we're gonna continue the fish fry at Flaget. Okay. And we are... For the fish fry, we're actually going to offer Eat-In. We'll have it spread out. Eat in, carry out, and also drive through. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna offer all three options for people, and we're gonna utilize the circle driveway as a drive through. So you can pull up, place your order. We'll bring the order down to you. You can drive on, or you're welcome to park in the parking lot, come in, pick it up, or also, if you want to um, come eat in there? and eat, you can eat there as well. So yeah, at, at that point, I think we should all be over COVID. But we're hoping, we're hoping. Yeah. It's only been two years. And yeah, yeah. Um, how do you feel uh, Bishop Leger education is different from others? Well, I think the one thing that, that really separates what we have to offer from other schools is that our faith is a huge part of what we do. And our kids have religion class every day. So they have 40 minutes a day of religion class. But, but the faith is a much stronger part of everything. So, you know, it's part of our discipline policy. It's, it's part of how we treat one another on the playground and in the hallways. And it just permeates everything that we do. You know, the kids, we, we pray in the morning, the kids pray before they go to lunch, they pray before they leave at the end of the day, they have the opportunity to participate in mass, they have the opportunity for confession. Um, they also have the opportunity to, to meet with one of the pastors and, and even to learn from the pastors. Father um, Stennett has actually been coming in on Wednesdays and helping me with my eighth grade religion class. And so I think it's a great opportunity for the kids to get to learn from the, this, the pastors and, and, and the religious in our community to see, to see a different side of them than what you just see Sunday at church. Right. Um, and just seems, uh, when you, you pray in the morning, pray in the afternoon, pray in the, sounds kind of calming. I mean, comparative to it is. And, and we've started this year. So we've been doing uh, virtues training with the students and really focusing on the virtues. And so this year we're, we're focusing on prudence. And so we're looking at circumspection and, and thoughtfulness and gentleness and thinking before you make decisions and things like that. So what Things we added that, this year was when when 
we have a discipline issue when students get in trouble for something. We actually have some reflections that they have to sit down and do and reflect upon their behavior, what decisions they could have made differently, what virtue do they need to work on. And so kind of focusing on more than just, oh, you did something wrong, you're going to be punished, but let's look at how can I fix this? How do I, how do I reach out to someone that I've hurt for forgiveness or how do I forgive someone? So, you know, those are things that, that we're very fortunate that we're able to do. Absolutely. Well, and and as a parent, uh, I have now three that go there. It does, uh, feel part of a a family, um, probably more so before COVID, uh, because we haven't done as many activities as a group, uh, because you get to know the parents and, Mm -hmm. um, but, it still is a, a more of a family feel than than anything else. Absolutely, everybody knows everybody, and yeah. and you're right. COVID has been hard. Yeah, it has been very very hard for us um, because we are such a community. Yeah. and so not only do I mean, it, it it's even hard. Like I have to kind of take a second look at some of the kids because with the masks on, I. Know. I you know, I have to learn those eyes. Whereas yeah. before, yeah. you know, I you get a few little blondes with a crew cut in kindergarten, and it's hard to tell them apart. Do you, so, do you think you'll ever, you'll take that off at some point, or you're waiting for probably? Uh, we're we're kind of hoping. I I'm hoping that maybe we can leave that before the end of this year. Yeah. Well, now that the variants kind of yeah, it's gone through the school probably. Yeah, I, I think so. And we were we originally. We were kind of thinking if we could get through cold and flu season yeah. and kind of see. So we're hoping maybe once we hit in, get into March, kind of yeah. see how things are going. Makes sense. Um, and then, and because we didn't want to say, okay, you don't have to wear masks anymore. And then two weeks later be like, oh, time to put your mask back on. Yeah. So we're hoping that we can kind of move past that. And as more and more kids are getting fully vaccinated, that helps too. Sure. So, um, so what what more uh, do you need right now? Do you need more substitute teachers? Do you need um, we we need like like all the schools? We all need substitute yeah. teachers. So anybody out there who you know has call your even if you don't call us, call your school because yeah. we we not and not only teachers but substitute aides, people to help out in the cafeteria, um, because just everybody is is scrambling because yeah. the the quarantine is what hurts. It's a little better now than it was earlier, um, but you know you've got people who just aren't allowed to come to school, and we've we've got to cover for them. So we've kind of had to be creative with some of that. So yeah, we definitely. How definitely what's it need- take to be a substitute? So um, for the diocese of Columbus, you need um, a bachelor's degree, but it doesn't have to be in education, and you have to have a background check completed, and it has to be sent to the diocese. Then you have to take a Protecting God's Children class, which those are offered actually. Virtually now. They're virtually, and they're doing one virtually, The I think it's the third, second or third Wednesday of the month through June. So like the next one is um, March 17th is the next one. I would say um, there's some good things about COVID, and that's one thing. Like virtual, we should... And then, uh, I love virtual meetings it, like, so much. <laughs> and even virtual conferences. Like mm-hmm. I, we just had them last night. And, yes. Um, you know, you do it from the comfort of your own home. Uh, you don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm used to it now. Well, they're nice. You don't have to worry about getting a babysitter, right. you know. And, and now it, that my kids are like running in the background. <laughs> I, w- I was talking to uh, uh, 
Miss Haller <laughs> and uh, one of my kids was walking behind or in front of us and I I had to like throw something at her to get her attention like get out of here <laughs> she said well did you hit him <laughs> oh it was good so so yeah and you know we we've started we have more virtual meetings for um, for our principals meetings at the diocese now which used to we would have to take an entire day drive yeah, to Columbus drive, yeah. sometimes they were two days we're out of the building and so what they started doing is every other week on Wednesday afternoon, we have a principal's meeting. It's, they give us all the updates we need. Sometimes they're an hour. Sometimes they're less. Our, our superintendent is phenomenal. He's like, hey, if I don't need you for an hour. Then we're not we're, staying. You know, we're we're not having a meeting to have a and, meeting. And it's great. We are. I feel so much more on top of things. We're getting a lot of great support from the Office of Catholic Schools. Our, our new superintendent is really phenomenal and very, very supportive. He's been down multiple times to see our school, which was before him was pretty unheard of. So wow. um, we're pretty excited that they're pretty excited about things going on at Flaget and in Ross County and, and some of the potential that we have here. So, um, you know, we we were the first school in the Diocese of Columbus to get a STEM designation. Yeah, that was what I was going to go on to. Uh, can you tell me about that? Like that was... Uh, you've had a STEM designation for 16 years? No, no, we, um, that's the um, Thomas Edison Award okay. for STEM learning. But we actually just got our STEM designation, I want to say four or five years ago. And that, you know, that was a lot of work. The first year we applied, um, we did not get it. We got turned down. And, and we, so we had to tweak a little bit about our program and work on some things. And, now, you know, we've got it up and rolling. We're looking at how we can enhance it. Um, Mrs. Fonstock, my assistant principal, she is actually serving on the Ohio STEM Learning Network's committee for resignation. So when they first started the STEM designation, it was kind of set up like you got it and then no one ever checked back with you. So now they're looking at a redesignation like every five years or so. So she's actually serving on that committee to help steering how the redesignation process is going to go. So, um, tell me what, what does STEM stand for? Do you so, even, I, so STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Okay. But it's way more than that. And that's where I think that was one of the great things about going for the, through the process for STEM designation that we learned if, if you just want to create a program that's just focused on those subjects, you're missing the point. What, what STEM learning is really all about is a cross-curricular where um, you're, you're working on something and you may be incorporating work from language arts and science class and social studies, and it's more project-based real world focused and student centered. Okay. So, you know, you want the kids up, you want them working with tools and you want them, um, creating and being innovative, you know, from some things which people think are silly, but, you know, hand them a broken radio Oh yeah. and give them, go for it. See if you can fix it. Um, Good. That might be get people more the into At the beginning of the year, we had Swiffers. We ordered a bunch of Swiffers for the classrooms. And so we had all these Swiffers that had to be put together. And Miss um, Faye, our STEM teacher, she's like, hey, 
can I take these down and work on group work with the kids? I'm going to put them in groups and make them put the Swiffers together and they have to follow the directions. And so, you know, so sometimes it's kind of fun stuff like that. And the kids were putting them together and did you mess something up or whatever? And so it's really, it's trying to create a culture where kids are developing the skills they need to, to make a difference, to make changes, to be creative, to be those engineers and doctors and people that we're looking for because they can think outside the box and they're not stuck looking for the answer in the textbook. They're, they're finding it. Makes sense. Um, have I, uh, missed anything? Do you think we should talk about anything more about the Fouget? Um, well, oh, I did want to mention, um, we are currently in the application time for the state scholarships. Okay. So we have the ed choice, traditional ed choice program, which this year, um, students who would normally be assigned to Chillicothe Primary K through two would be eligible for full tuition scholarships or close to full tuition. So um, the Ed Choice Scholarship pays fifty five hundred dollars towards your tuition. So that's available. Then we also have the Ed Choice Expansion, which is based on your family household income. And if your income falls below 250% of the poverty level, you would be eligible for a scholarship that covers your tuition 100%. And then we have the John Peterson Scholarship, which is available for students who are on IEPs, who have special needs. And that will help to cover part of your tuition as well as any services that you might need. So the the special needs, the John Peterson Special Needs Scholarship, that's one we usually want to sit down and work with the families to make sure that we have the, the ability the to right meet resources. whatever the needs. Yeah. yeah, because there may come a point where we're not able to meet all of their needs. We're still, um, you know, relatively, I say relatively new. I think we've been, we've been working on this program for about 10 years. Um, we have about 20 students on the John Peterson program. So, okay. um, but you know, we're trying to enhance what we can offer our families with special needs students who are in, uh, in need of, you know, occupational therapy, uh, physical therapy, special intervention, speech, things like that. And, uh, you know, just come up and visit. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, and it's a great not. opportunity. Um, if you're looking for something a little different, yeah. You know, don't write us off. Come see what we have to offer you. If not, just go for a fish sandwich. That's right. <laughs> um, so I always ask uh, three questions. Well, it's more than three, but yeah. Uh, what's your favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner spot? Wow. So my favorite breakfast spot. I really like Bob Evans as kind of an overall, like if I'm traveling, but here in town, I really like Gustavo's. Yeah. I really. I've I'm, never had their breakfast. So oh, good yeah. Stuff. Their breakfast is pretty awesome. All right. So I like them for breakfast. For lunch. Wow. I'm a Carl's Townhouse girl. Yeah. You know, I really like Carl's Townhouse. Well, I like their breakfast too. So I, I'm going to try both. <laughs> um, and then dinner. Wow. It's a hard one. That's a hard one. You know, I'll probably, I would probably have to go with the poor house just because they serve Corcoran Farms beef every yeah. so often. So, yeah. you know, I like when they do the big meatloaf meatball. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I am, I am so excited about our downtown yeah. and all of the, you know, the opportunities there. Um, and so it's kind of hard to pick because it I is. really, you know, 
That's that's the one time I can get my husband to go out to dinner is if we're going to go downtown yeah. and, and go to the local establishments. So. And, and has his meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what book are you currently reading or would you like to share? Um, I just finished the last in the Outlander series. So go tell the bees that I am gone. And I'm kind of sad because now I have to wait a couple years for the next, next one yeah. to, uh, to come out. And then... Um, I just got a notice from the library app that um, where the crawdads sing, I think, where the crawdads are. I can't remember the exact name of it, but. Um, it's that's been, your next one? That's my next one, yeah. yeah. So I was waiting on hold. It was on the hold list, so. Um, night Owl or Early Riser? Oh, Night Owl. Night totally owl. a Night Owl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, people, someone sent me an email the other night at like, two o'clock in the morning Holy or something. And I, and I do like, I'll get on, I'll get in a, I'll get in a mode and I'll just keep working. And so it popped up. So I just emailed him right back. I, bet you like, like, I really didn't expect you to email. <laughs> this day. I'm awake. I'm, um, yeah, yeah I'm way I've better at night. You, I've, I've texted you late at night and you, you answer. I'm like, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that either. Yeah. I'm a night owl. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really hard to get up in the morning, but, uh, you do it. I do it. I for the do it. for the kids, for the That's children. That's right. That's right. For the kids. Well, Laura, thank you very much. I appreciate you. you coming in and and talking about this was Plage. fun. Yeah, it's your first experience. <laughs> I with know. It. Yeah. yeah, I'm super excited. Well, thanks again. <laughs>